0: Welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Is that the, that's the phrase, right? What? What? Uh, I, it was coming, like our our tagline, it was coming out of my mouth before I realized what I was saying and then halfway through I wondered if I was saying the right thing. It didn't feel right in my mouth, but that was right, right?
1: <laughs> Now I don't know. What did you say?
0: It's a, I, cross, it's a cross-generational guide to... Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Never mind. Sorry. Oh, wow. It's just one of those things, that, like, now it's in, like, my muscle memory, so it just kind of comes out. Yeah. It, it didn't feel right, but I suppose it I wasn't been a- really
1: listening to you. I was waiting for my turn okay. to Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I was also preparing myself to say my own name, which is sometimes a task, so, you know... <laughs> Uh, we've hit Who the wall. <laughs> it appears we've hit the wall. Listen, it's been a long week. <laughs> it's been a long. Yeah, it's, it's just been a long. It's been a long. It's, it's March, March again. again. <laughs> was it ever no. not March? I it's, think it's oh, always been March. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We've always been at war with March. <laughs> <laughs> March is before. <laughs> March was after. March is now. March is later. March is always. <laughs>
0: I like uh, the, the people, the the WandaVision people that have been taking the, one of the quotes from one of the more recent episodes and saying, what is life if not March persevering?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. That's a good quote to the original. Yeah, yeah WandaVision's is. so good. Yeah, I love I WandaVision. The the internet was arguing whether or not the line was good or not, which was funny to me because it's just like, is this where we're at? We're, we're arguing over whether or not this line is valid. Yeah. I don't know. I, all I ever think of anymore is like, after you brought it up, Taylor, in my head is maybe it's tomorrow. And maybe <laughs> it's not. Maybe, maybe it's yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> I just forgot. That's, that's all i am ever thinking. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, oh. we, we were kind of late getting started today and I hadn't heard from you all about a, a half an hour into when you usually record. I was like, I think it's it might be Wednesday. It's 100% not sure if it's Wednesday or not. And I I don't know. <laughs> well, and like right now, so, okay. In West Virginia, we had an ice storm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it knocked out all the power for a very long time. And then what happens to ice when it gets hot is it melts. <laughs> and, and then when you have a big rainstorm uh-huh. on top of the melting ice, then it floods. <laughs> so West Virginia is flooded. Now, we are not because West Virginia is also very... Uh, I don't want to say mountainous. I know we're the mountain state, but we're we not don't really. Flat. No, we're very hilly. Yeah, <laughs> most of a hill. most of our mountains aren't mountains; they're just big hills. Hillacious, yeah. hillacious, <laughs> hill- <laughs> <hill-ish. Ooh>, <laughs> Uh and we are we are on a hill part, so yeah. we have not personally been affected by the flooding, but our area has. A lot of people around us have. So schools have been flooded. Flooded, like literally, <laughs> literally like, flooded. A lot of schools have been flooded. My my child is virtual anyway but because <laughs> this is so weird child is virtual my child is virtual <laughs> uh, i'm a virtual child wow you know, like a tamagotchi got <laughs> <But laughs> <had> a <laughs> as a result <laughs> my my tamagotchi uh, has been on a 2 hour delay which
0: is so silly cuz the school's flooded so like what what is the de- the delay's not going to get rid of
1: the water i don't I'm not sure what's happened, like the whole school, so it's code orange, which means. (laughs) 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 Which I was thinking of Spongebob the musical and they go, (laughs) the threat level is code orange. They do a little thing.
0: Anyway. Sydney, you're the only person that has ever said this is like in Spongebob the musical. (laughs) I love
1: Spongebob the musical. It's brilliant. It's great. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Code orange means all students are remote learning. Remote learning is different than virtual learning. Yes, We have not done remote learning, but that's what all the other students who are in person now, because West Virginia went back five days a week, except we never did because then the flooding happened, so it never actually happened. Right. But in theory, <laughs> we're back five days a week. But they're all remote who are going to go to school. My kid is still virtual. My So my Tamagotchi just does virtual school except <laughs> on a two-hour delay, which means we just start late every day. I don't know it has been so I never know what's happening Charlie looks at me every day and is like is 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 school happening now and I'm like I don't know let's just keep doing math that's how I feel every (laughs) day we'll just keep working through this math book I I guess (laughs) I mean I you know I I uh I sliced my eyeball with a cosplay contact uh Sunday I guess and like so i had two days of just all the lights off and like not being able to see or do anything and time was meaningless and it i guess i was well prepared for that because <laughs> that's it. like i was like i don't know what day it is it's there is the the time when i will see what, see again and the time when i could see and then there is the now time that is dark and that is the only time i know <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. And that's basically what this year has been. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the time when I could go outside, the time when I will eventually be able to go outside in now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like if it's just, it's that, who knows?
0: I uh I tried to drive on one of our main um roads the other day through through mm-hmm. the middle of Huntington and it was closed on both ends because one end was flooded so badly. There were I mean du- like Feet of water. Many feet of water. Oh,
1: yeah. The flooding is like... It's, it's not... Like, they closed our flood walls. Yeah. They never close. They, they put up like the big stone gate to oh, close wow. the flood wall, which yeah. I have not seen... Ever. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that. I think it's happened in my lifetime, but I don't remember.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it buried cars um but the yes. other end was shut down because the uh Subaru dealership there were like six cars that were on fire so one yeah. end there were cars on fire and the other end there was flooding
1: <laughs> I just I thought okay never mind I'm gonna turn around and go home we're, this is a sign a, I should go back home that was a wild story that was a there was a car that caught on fire on the interstate so they pulled off the interstate and drove to a car dealership and pulled into the lot and then their car caught a bunch of other cars on fire. No one was hurt. They were no empty. one was hurt. They were empty yes. new cars. The cars but. were damaged. The people were fine. <laughs> How so it's, uh, I mean, I guess that's a happy-er ending, but has anybody checked to see if the moon has turned to blood or the, the <laughs> o- oceans are on fire? Yeah, or, well, are there locusts?
0: Are yes. there any locusts yes.
1: listening to this podcast? Are you yes. Are you here? Is this end times? I it's cool. Like I just wanna know. The big but the 17 locusts, year yeah. locusts that are super, super loud and cover
0: oh, wait, over the no, surface no, no. are coming back to West Virginia this year. Yes, this is a locust year.
1: Wait, wait, y'all yeah. somebody yeah. call Demi Moore. These seals are
0: breaking. <laughs> 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 I I like that for once West Virginia was in the news for something positive you know we were doing really well and we are with our vaccination rates and Mm -hmm. like how we're vaccinating people um but in return the universe was like "Mm -mm. you know what here's an ice storm Mm -hmm. here's a flooding here's some random fires and here's locusts Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) and there's still i mean a ton of people with no power and and people with um yeah no internet and no uh no clean water Mm
0: -hmm. either on a boil
1: water advisory or like pipes burst no water i mean like two weeks later yeah it's a, it's a mess y'all there's a lot going on over uh, here yeah i hope i hope everybody's staying as safe as they can that's that's a nightmare um yeah i know this you know they came up came out with that remake of the stand mm-hmm. not too long ago oh. and like I, did you know that i knew that they were making that did that happen it's out Wow, and you can watch it it happened <laughs> it happened but it. and I loved The Stand I've read the book multiple times I loved the old miniseries um, so you'd think I would be all over that and I just can't bring myself <laughs> right sense. now it's just like too it cuts too close to the bone right now yeah. <laughs> not ready I, for that I believe that, that. <laughs> I, I was gonna say Stephen King couldn't have written this but maybe he has maybe he is <laughs> this is where we are
0: here we are i would like to mention and point out also two weeks in a row stephen king's
1: work has found its way into our podcast no we'd have to be in maine that's true (laughs) we'd have to be somewhere in new england it's true maybe it it was always march and it was old maine (laughs) (laughs) who decides where maine ends March hey, never ended. <laughs> hey, wait, ha, hey, w- wake me up when pandemic ends. Oh, there's the transition. Uh, hey, did you like that? Yes. I mean, maybe it'll be when September ends. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Okay. Maybe <laughs> Not, Not to be a downer, but for anybody that makes those meme jokes about "Wake Me Up When September Ends," uh, that song is about Billy Joe Armstrong's father passing. So. It's a serious song for him. Uh, oh, Chad. Well, yeah. I did not mean to make a joke about that's that. That's okay. I, but uh, yeah, we're talking about Green Day. That was the topic. <laughs> there was the end times and now let's talk about Green Day. <laughs> yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That makes sense. Hmm. I think that fits. Yeah. Uh, so, Taylor, do you want to, I why, why, let me start with, I think it might seem kind of obvious. Green Day is like a for a lot of us of our age group green day was a huge deal and continues to be very relevant to this to this day but like it seems obvious but why why have you chosen green day well uh i mean green day was it's definitely one of my favorite bands um it was a band that i kind of have a funny history with green day in that i i've always loved their music since i was like in high school but like I never felt like I was allowed to love their music until it was too lame to love their music, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. In Mm -hmm. high school, they were still cool. Like, I was in high school in 2000, 2004. This is before the Broadway era, before (laughs) American Idiot or 21st Century Breakdown, (laughs) which I love. I love all of that. Yeah. Uh, But, like, in high school, they were definitely the punk kids that... I don't know. Like, to me, there was no difference between the punk kids that could afford to shop at Hot Topic and, like, the popular kids that could afford to shop at, like, Abercrombie and Fitz. They were the, they were two sides of the same coin, and they were all mm-hmm. kind of mean and judgmental. And I, even though I liked punk music at the time, I never felt comfortable, like, even wearing a band t-shirt because it would have been in, in, invited m- being mocked or made fun of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember... Uh- Go ahead. I was just going to say it's interesting that I I don't think I don't feel like I remember thinking about Green Day as punk music. I mean, it's it's funny because I mean, it's it's pop punk. I I think that's fair. Uh, Mm. it, It definitely was one of those bands that reawakened an interest in punk music and kind of defined what punk would be. For the nineties. Um mm-hmm. I mean, it's a seminal it's a seminal punk band. And it's funny that it doesn't get considered punk because if you look at Green Day up against what people hold up as like, this is punk rock, like the Ramones or the Sex Pistols or the Clash, they're doing the same stuff. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely yeah. doing the same stuff. And arguably they're doing it a little harder and like definitely more cohesively. But I don't know, like if it's not if it's not discordant and angry, then it's like, oh, it's not punk. They were just good at mm-hmm. it. They were good at what all those other bands were already doing. Um, but I remember, like in high school, uh, Mom got me a green Day shirt. Uh, it was on sale from Hot Topic and it was in my Easter basket. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> And mom, that's so mom, by the way, everything about that is that's a very on brand story for mom. And it was like an XL. But, you know, like that it was a Green Day shirt. And I can tell you exactly which one it is because it's on sale. I looked it up. Now it is considered a vintage T-shirt and you pay like $70. It's a red Green Day shirt with a dragon on it. And she got me this shirt because mom was pretty good at like being aware of what I was into, but not really pushing me about it. She would just like buy me something and be like, look, this is a thing you like, right? She, she also got me like a Rob Zombie CD collection, like just kind of took a, took a stab at that. And I was into it, but never would have said mm-hmm. that. Um, but this shirt hung in my closet through my entire high school career. And I never once wore it. I wanted to. I loved the band, but I was so terrified of being made fun of by the real punks you know that was such the era of you mm-hmm. don't want to be a poser you don't want to be you know a, 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 yeah. a fake punk that I would never wear it it just hung there like a beacon <laughs> so it really wasn't that's a- so true oh, go ahead no that's what we that's such a good point that you make and I think we've referenced it before but like I feel like with your generation Riley I've seen so many people wearing like band t-shirts yeah. that like I know there's no way you're into it. Like, you are not a huge Metallica fan. <laughs> I know you're not, right? Like, no, I know you, yeah. you, you've You you heard, like, one song from Van Halen, and it was on a commercial. I know you don't know who Van Halen is. Yeah. And I'm not saying, like, I do, or I'm super cool. I I wasn't, that wasn't me either. That was, you know, prior to us, too. But, like, that is not stigmatized at all, the way that in no. our generation. Taylor, you are so right. Like, if you were going to wear a Green Day T-shirt... You can't just like Green Day. You better be all about Green Day. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I feel like it was like the kind of vibe I get, which I never really experienced because, again, I, I think we've reached a point in clothing where you can go into like an Urban Outfitters or Forever 21 or whatever, and there's a whole section of just quote unquote vintage band tees just all those bands But <laughs> the, the point isn't really because you like the band it's because they're, it's a cute shirt Yeah. Um, so like I don't own very many of them but lots of people I know do I, it's a very cute look I like it because usually they are just very cute shirts I'm thankful we've reached a point where we can just wear them because they're cute shirts <laughs> but I get the vibe that it used to be like I better know like five songs at least by this band that I'm wearing oh, their shirt so I can name them
1: five and know them. Al- albums yeah five albums you better be ready to answer like a quiz but it's yeah it's funny because in retrospect the thing is like you know it wasn't until probably college and even after college that that's like Green Day came out with like all of their American Idiot and everything and then they weren't cool anymore right then they were like in my perception they weren't cool anymore so then I could like them I could love them they were mine now because they were lame but in their own career that had already happened like when Green Day signed to a major label with Dookie like their whole like you know they were um, like East Bay like California like indie punk rock darlings and when they signed to a major label their whole fan base like a huge part of it turned their back on them Mm. they were sellouts that was you know selling out was like the ultimate sin in those days And they were kind of rejected. And a lot of their music harkens to that sense of rejection. Like you have songs like 86 that are entirely about just not being welcome in your scene. And I feel like that's a big reason that I love their music because it had that, I mean, it wasn't music for well-adjusted, cool people. It was music Mm -mm. for people that were, a lot of their songs are about mental illness. You know, you have like the Panic song and like Basket Case. A lot of their songs were about just kind of being just a disgusting waste of a person and trying to like, just embrace that you have like long view and like geek stink breath. Like their their songs were about being like a troubled, disgruntled kind of rejected person, and I latched onto that. I got that, and in a way, it was like, no, this this music isn't for you, cool, well adjusted punks that have money to look <laughs> punk. This music <laughs> is for me. It's about gross weirdos. See, I also liked it because I felt like I think I think that in my mind, kind of what you said, Tay, punk music was not inherently listenable (laughs) (laughs) like it was something that it like it was it was connected to a very specific sort of emotion and and like experience you wanted and you could experience that but Mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily something you're just like oh I think I'll turn on some punk music now and just sort of chill in my room like that was not how I thought about it and Green Day is so listenable like yeah it's so you can turn it on and i think i i don't think it's music that like i mean you could have on in well like various ages at like a get together and have it on in the background and it's pretty pleasant still i mean i know that sounds like i'm i'm giving it a hard time Mm because that's like a mean thing to say about punk music but like it is so listenable (laughs) but i think that's what was special that it's what continues to be special about green day is that th- when you have an earnest desire to connect with people with your art that comes through in a way of making it something that people can connect with you know that that just like discordant like whatever we're punk we don't care if you get it like i get that there's lots of music like that and i i enjoy some of it but the thing that i like mm-hmm. about green day is there is an earnest desire to communicate ideas and connect with people and that is via their, like, impeccable ability to make catchy hooks and, like, iconic lyrics. And that that requires a bit of, like like, opening yourself up. That's kind of a vulnerability, you know? When you hide behind that wall of sound, yeah, you can be, you know, punk as heck. But when you actually reveal yourself... That's vulnerability. And I think a lot of people recoiled against that. I think people continue to recoil against that in music. And that was the thing that mm-hmm. drew me in. It was that, that very honest presentation of, of of like, just struggling with anxiety and being weird and being an outcast. And I'm not even going to try to hide it between, but I'm too cool to care. Like, I'm not too cool to care. I care. I'm obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and vocal talent, I would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, a, a voice that you want to listen to that is, that is pleasant and love. And I, I feel like it really, cause I went to, in my youth, <laughs> um, I went to many shows that were called punk shows. <laughs> um, and by that, I mean, local punk shows. Right. I don't mean like big name, anything. Mm-hmm. I went to a lot of local punk shows and uh, the word punk can be used to excuse all manner of sins <laughs> in a, in a concert. Um, and uh, and sometimes, like, I got what they were going for. Like, okay, I am here in this crowded YWCA. Um, at this point, we were all wearing uh, skinny jeans. The sin of skinny jeans had been committed. Oh, and, man, not yeah. skinny jeans. Tight jeans, little T-shirts, and Chuck Taylors. <laughs> um, <laughs> everybody and side parts. Every- oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yes, lots of ironic T-shirts, skinny jeans, and Chucks. That was the whole room. Um, and everybody was like feeling the music even if the music was like man I don't even think they're all playing the same song right now (laughs) like what is happening on this YWCA stage I don't know but we're feeling it so hard yeah and so like I get that like I get that experience um but Green Day was always this other thing that like I could then take home with me and enjoy all the times and not just in those angry YWCA times (laughs) (laughs) Always the YWCA, Right. never the YMCA. No, no. You could afford the YWCA. Yeah, <laughs> it re- you really could. It was pretty cheap to rent. <laughs>
0: well,
1: but that, but that's that was the that's still the magic of what they do. I mean, I think that you know that, and maybe it's because they went through that initial kind of being shunned from their cool, like punker than now punk rock roots. I do think it's a band that kind of just said, well, that's that whatever we're going to do. And I mean, Billy Joe Armstrong has made statements similar to that, or he's kind of said like, whether we fly or, or whether we fail, like we're kind of on our own now we're doing our own thing. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. You got to kind of respect that versus a band that re- regurgitates what they think sells or sticks to this kind of idea that like their success comes from obscurity. Like yeah. they were on an artistic journey. And I mean, you, for anything else you can say about Green Day, they definitely continued to do whatever the heck they wanted to do with their music. Mm-hmm. I I want to talk about Riley, your experience <laughs> with Green Day, because Riley comes from this uh, from a very different perspective, where yes. where she <laughs> learned to love and appreciate Green Day. But before we do
0: that, let's check the group message. <laughs> um. So we've all we've all got goals, you know. It's, it, whether it's you got to study, work, I don't know. Goals in your uh, home life, get organized, maybe I don't know. We've care all for, got goals.
1: Care for my tamagotchi. Care for your tamagotchi.
0: <laughs> sure, of course, your virtual child. Um, but have you thought about your hair goals?
1: Because
0: mm. they are just as important, um, and that is why I use Function of Beauty to fulfill my hair goals of getting my hair healthier, um, shinier, more voluminous, perhaps. They are the world leader in customizable beauty, offering precise formulations for your hair's specific needs. And honestly, it's really fun to figure out what you're gonna get from a uh, function of beauty because all you have to do is take a quick quiz that tells them about your hair type and those hair goals. Um, maybe you want to lengthen your hair, oil control, um, dryness and you answer all these questions about what scents you like about what you want out of your shampoo and your conditioner and then they determine the perfect blend of ingredients they bottle your formula and deliver it right to you so taylor if our listeners want to check out function of beauty what should they do
1: never buy off the shelf just be just to be disappointed ever again go to function of buffering to take your quiz and save 20 percent on your first order that applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash buffering to let them know we sent you and get 20% off your order. Once again, that's functionofbeauty.com slash buffering. So I found, I don't know if you all have experienced this, but when you go out into the world with like your big kid job, like when you're supposed to like dress up and pretend to be professional. Sure. Yeah. Like you start developing this kind of wardrobe that you have to wear to that. And uh, you don't necessarily feel comfortable in all of it. And so sometimes you're looking in the closet and you're like, "Ah, today, I'm not going to have a comfortable pants day because I got to wear those dress pants that somehow I got. and I don't know where I got them and I don't Mm -hmm. like them, but they're the things I wear to work. So I have to, you don't have to choose anymore. You can look professional and still feel comfortable with beta brand dress pant yoga pants. Uh, I can vouch for them because I've been wearing them for a long time. Um, I got so tired of trying to like find those I feel like they were all these scratchy work pants that I didn't want to wear but they look nice and so you want to look nice beta brand pants are super comfortable they feel like yoga pants but they're not yoga pants they are dress pants Um, and they look like dress pants nobody Mm -hmm. will know your secret which is that you are so comfortable they would be jealous you know you should let them in on your secret actually tell everybody about your beta brand dress pant yoga pants. (laughs) Um, maybe it'll be a better work environment, right? Because everybody will be as comfortable as you are. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think River if we were all be wearing happier and comfier. Yeah, more comfortable pants, we'd all be happier. They're made of wrinkle resistant stretch knit fabric. They're perfect for long work days and to wear out after work or back home at the end of the day, whatever. You look great in your beta brand dress pant Yoga pants and you feel comfortable. So don't keep that a secret. Tell everybody about it. And Taylor, what should they tell everybody about it? Well, right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's 25% your, off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash buffering. Find out why people are ditching typical work pants for beta brand's dress pant yoga pants. Go to betabrand.com slash buffering for that 25% off. Now, Taylor, you mentioned how Green Day has continued to do their own thing, um, and... It, no matter whether people liked it or not, which I think it's funny because when I think about like that phrase, I think about how at the end of uh, Dookie, right, there was the secret song, yeah, <laughs> which uh, if it, it was back in the day when you had to let the CD play, right, mm-hmm. and then the secret song would come on, and uh, the secret song is, well, I don't can I say what it's about? I mean, Am I, I allowed to? Say I that? think so, right? Yeah. It's about masturbation. <gasps> yeah. But but I didn't know that. <laughs> I remember it being explained to me by our neighbor, the yes. young man that lived across the street from us, who who played the secret oh. song for us and then said, Do you know what this song is about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I have that vivid memory and then going, Oh what, what? <laughs> That was a that was a, a and that was when Dookie came out. Dookie came out in like ninety five four i think Uh uh-huh so we i was what like i was eight i mean (laughs) i would have been nine no no 11 yeah okay so so very young when when having that explained to you think about it by your neighbor um yeah yeah so that was what they wanted to do back then now what did you what was your introduction to green day Um. riley
0: I I want to preface this by saying this is not the only experience I've had with Green Day before this recording experience, but this was my first experience with Green Day. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just want to make that clear. Okay. Um, When uh, the album American Idiot became a jukebox musical (laughs) it became a stage musical and it went on tour and i cannot tell you why but for some reason it did come to huntington west virginia on its national (laughs) tour after broadway um and uh we went and saw it and that was my first experience with their music because it is their music Mm -hmm. exactly just into like a you know it's Mm -hmm. like Mamma mia with Abba, like it's a jukebox. It's just
1: like Mama Mia with Abba. I mean, like they didn't change
0: the music. Is all I know. I know what you mean. Their music, just they put a story uh, in in the middle of all of it. Sure, but after that was when I went home and started listening to the rest of their music and downloaded American Idiot. Um, I mean, this was probably. eight or nine years ago mm-hmm. a, a very long very long time ago yeah that the, the, their musical was out there um so that was my first experience was with the album American Idiot which I have listened to a lot mm-hmm. and then Dookie and other albums um
1: it yeah it's a it's so funny because it's one of those things where like I remember when that first happened I remember having that This is like I hope that this is a generational thing. I hope this is a 90s knee jerk reflex where you hear something like that. Like Green Day has a musical and you go like, yeah, is this what happens? All the things I love. They grow up and they get, you know, old and uncool and like you have that. And I think it's a very 90s thing. Yeah. And then like I got older and I was like, well, that's not true Mm because like musical theater is cool. Is that okay to say? Yeah. Musical theater is cool. Musical theater is and like, cool. Something that, is, it is, that people enjoy doing and making and watching and whatever is cool mm-hmm. inherently because somebody enjoyed making it. Somebody enjoyed performing it. Somebody enjoyed watching it. That's all cool. People enjoyed it. Like, What's mm-hmm. wrong with any of that? Um, but uh, I, I remember having that immediate like... <sighs> This is what happens when you get older. <laughs> <laughs> the things you love get so commercial and become musicals. <laughs> um that's a that's a like, oh no, your faves eventually become jukebox musicals. That's a yeah, that's an okay problem to have. Yeah. I mean, it happened to Alanis, too. That's true. Yeah, that's true.
0: And Jagged Little Pill rocks. Um, the musical and the album. <laughs>
1: Jagged Little Pill rocks. It does. The musical. the musical
0: and the album. I listened to the album before the musical ever existed, but the musical's great, too. But
1: I think it, it, it shows the power of when you let go of trying to be cool and you just do the stuff that you respond to. I think that's what that. That's the lesson that I take away from that, you know, because I think that Green Day was a band that had to break from that, that disapproval that they got, that, you know, the scene that brought them up, that loved them, the scorn from that. I think that there was a very distinct reaction where they were like, we're just gonna, we're gonna do our stuff. (laughs) We're gonna Mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to this day, like their newest albums are still kind of experimental. And even if it's not my thing necessarily, I like that, you know, if you follow your own artistic path, you might not always hit the zeitgeist of what's going on. You might hit it and then you might stray from it, but like you're on your own kind of journey there. So who cares Mm -hmm. when you, when you're through being cool, the whole world kind of opens up.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I was wondering as I was re-listening to American idiot, cause I I hadn't listened to it in a while, but one of my favorite things about that album is that they have songs that are two songs Mm -hmm. that are one song. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Give Me Novocaine slash She's a Rebel is, like, two songs, but it doesn't stop. It's both of the songs, and one goes into the other. Was that, like, a thing that other bands did? Was that a very Green Day thing? Because I think that's really cool, Um, but it yeah. also, I mean, I think lent itself very well to something like a musical because it just, like, one song transitioned into another, but I know that's not what it was written for.
1: I don't think that was a... I, I feel like that's an older thing than... um than like our era. Like songs that were two songs and kind of mm-hmm. transitioned into one another were more of like um experimental kind of rock mm-hmm. psychedelic stuff that happened before our era. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't Taylor, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like that was a common thing. No, no, and definitely not in the punk world. <laughs> like no. Yeah. You know, the idea of a concept album Of an album that's telling a story, like a theatrical story, which is even even before the musical, like it is you listen to American Idiot. It's a it's telling a story Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. and 21st century breakdown too. like and then you get Uno Dos Trace. It's a continuation of this idea that, you know, we're we're making stories with our albums. Uh, That's I feel like it's not necessarily unique to Green Day, but they were definitely unique in the punk scene doing that. Yeah. No, I feel like I feel like that the music, especially as you get into like the later 90s and early 2000s, the music that was kind of all around us was the easily digestible, you know, three minute an album of a bunch of three minute long songs that could many of them could be singles. Mm -hmm. were all entities unto themselves. Yeah. Incredibly catchy, hooky, you know, pop pop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was and even like that's where. Punk music, alternative music, mm-hmm. <laughs> rock—all these things became this other thing. It's sort of like in Trolls 2 World Tour. What? You know how they talk what? about how the pop trolls <laughs> appropriated the music from all the other types of music. Sydney, and I didn't think we homogenized complete... <laughs> it into pop music, and that because they stole everybody's music and didn't credit them, that's what destroyed the trolls' like unity. I didn't think we had completely lost you, but now in this podcast episode
0: so far, you referenced both Spongebob the Musical and Trolls 2 World Tour. Those have been your two (laughs) cultural touch points throughout this episode. Trolls
1: World World Tour is a very important lesson. Oh, okay. okay. And like what true diversity means and the dangers of like what Poppy keeps saying is we're all the same and like we're not all the same and that's good. What were we talking about? About Green, Green Day. And now I would like to keep a running
0: timer of all the times you've mentioned Trolls World Tour in our podcast.
1: Are you are you, are you paid by them? <laughs> My husband. I mean, did. Justin's in it. <laughs> um, or he well, it was. But but you know, I think yeah. the. I mean, the the that it's what okay. That cohesiveness of like here are our our album of, you know, segmented three minute pop or pop punk hits, like that idea, which runs through a lot of, you know, digestible pop punk music, and there's nothing wrong with that. There are plenty no. of bands that do that endlessly and I love them. But yes. what I like what I love about Green Day is their total commitment to doing whatever they kind of feel like doing. And I think mm-hmm. to me it reminds me a lot more of uh of one of my other favorite favorite bands, which is the Replacements. And the Replacements, they're, you know, you look at their catalog and they kind of have no fear in going off. Like if they're going to do a weird, like kind of strummy singer songwriter thing, or they're going to do a weird, like kind of country feel like they do that, you know, the clash does that too. And I feel like Mm -hmm. green day kind of continues in that tradition. And those are both bands that I, I think like, you know, Billy Joe Armstrong is cited as, as, as influential to him. And I think that's, that's just, that's more punk rock to me than endless power chord progression, like hard hitting punk rock songs is being like what if we just do a weird little minute of country here because we feel like it and i think some of my favorite songs by green day are those sort of weird like like misery which is like this weird sort of like country ballad or like the slower songs like macy's day parade which is just Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. lovely slow sad song and it's one of my top five favorite green day songs and it's not i don't know if you call it punk but it's beautiful
0: yeah and i mean um Jesus of Suburbia on American Idiot is another one that's like what a nine and a half minute song. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically multiple songs in one. Like it It switches a few times. Mm -hmm. Its tone and its the instruments that are being highlighted and the feel and the rhythm. Like it changes multiple times, but it is one song and it's wild to listen to because like I was listening to it while I was working out and I just kept thinking like did that song just change I didn't think that that one had ended and then no oh this is all that's right this is all one song <laughs> well,
1: that's it's been compared to like Bohemian Rhapsody which I, you yeah. know that's like Bohemian Rhapsody is am- amazing but I, I get the comparison in that it's several songs in one and then it's mm-hmm. got the interlude that's literally it's Motley Cruz on with the show but it's kind of being paralleled with Green Day like it's such an amazing mm-hmm. composition that like yeah You know, I mean, that they made a music video for that. (laughs) They made a nine-minute music video for Jesus of Suburbia. I got to watch that. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that either. But that's, I think that that, like, that speaks to several different things. Like, one, it's artistry, Mm -hmm. because you're drawing on, like, at that point, when you're talking about something in terms of movements, you're drawing on, like, classical music to create pop punk music, which is, like, what you should be doing is looking at everything for influences and like the good stuff, taking good things from everything. You know, that's, that's a good way to continue um, being fresh and relevant Mm -hmm. and uh, making something that's interesting and unique. Um, But it's also, again, I just think it's, it's so nice to, in today's world, I don't think it's weird to talk about how, like, if, if this is your thing and you enjoy it, then it's cool and you don't have to justify it any more than that. And as somebody who grew up in the 90s, that's such a refreshing change Um, Mm -hmm. because it also frees us from like who gets to decide what's cool. Right. Um, And the same people were deciding what was cool over and over and over again back then. And like, you know, if you if you didn't fit into that mold, maybe it didn't fit you. Uh, It's funny to see how many older album reviews of like now, you know, the pretentious like music opinion holders are like, oh, everything after Warning was garbage. But then like when Warning came out, there were a whole bunch of people that said, no, it's garbage. It's not punk enough. You know, when Nimrod came out, there were people that were detracting from it. Like every album they came out with pretty much after Dookie and even Insomniac like got hit with these people that were like, this is no longer punk, or this is not punk enough. And it's like, mm-hmm. like you know, that's always going to be the case. But, like, it's, I think it's better to just keep going with what you're doing versus, I mean, not to, I love Weezer, but let's be real, Weezer trying to regurgitate the Blue album was kind of where they, yeah. where they went off track, right? Like, yeah. Pinkerton was weird and different, but retrospectively, it was gorgeous and artistic, but when they came up with the Green album, we're like, this is what we're good at, right? We're just going to do this again? It, it, nobody liked it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean I mean that's true well. I like. Well, I but yes, like, yeah, I to you your know. point is yeah, your point is well founded. Mm. Um, yeah, I wonder how much of this is like I've talked about before like you got to this point where all of a sudden all of culture you could access again. And like we used to have all those shows the, all the shows about like throwback to the 80s and the 90s and where they would just teach you about like you'd have a whole MTV episode about the culture of the 90s for some reason, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember thinking like, how much of this stuff do I remember and how much of this stuff have I seen TV shows about? So I think I remember it, but I didn't really experience it. And I feel like we're at a point where, especially with your generation, Riley, you guys are rediscovering everything from all times Mm -hmm. and pulling the stuff that you like back into relevance. Yeah. Um, And it's right there at your fingertips constantly. We don't, we don't get to curate what you find. Mm -hmm. You just find it. Um, And it really gives the opportunity for a lot of stuff to be quote unquote cool.
0: Yeah. And I think that's why you get so many reboots or bands coming back together and making new albums or whatever. It's because people have rediscovered things online that they love and then start talking about it again, and it starts mm-hmm. getting popular again, so they redo it. Um, I, you know, I even Green Day or, or Blink 182 are bands mm-hmm. that like people on TikTok talk about, like people younger than me, mm-hmm. 13, 14 year old, actual Gen Z TikTokers, um, as like these old bands. Like, have you heard of this band before? This old band called Blink 182. <laughs> <laughs> And even oh, I am like, Okay, come on guys. Come on. <laughs> but it's oh, true, yeah. it? this is growing up. <laughs> yeah. They bring stuff back into extreme popularity that has I mean, has stayed relevant and his people have kept listening to it or watching it or whatever, mm-hmm. but brought it back into the mainstream. Like sea shanties. I like sea shanties. Yes. <laughs> like the Jonas brothers. The Jonas brothers got back together because everyone was like, What? What happened to those Joe Bros, man? And now they're back
1: together. Well, the one got to host Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which are, is that relevant? <laughs> yeah. What does your generation think of that? It's <laughs> a good I question. <laughs> uh, I, but yeah, I think I think that's kind of cool, though. I don't know about the whole middle part thing, but otherwise. I love I love the middle part. Well, you know, I don't, like, I ultimately believe that art is subjective, and so Mm -hmm. whether I like something or don't like something doesn't mean anything about its quality, but I think it, it would be hard to argue that a band like Green Day doesn't produce, doesn't have the intrinsic ability to produce quality hooks, catchy lyrics, like, you just, you can't look at how massively successful they've been and not say, okay, there's quality there, like, Mm -hmm. There is something that is eternally good about what they did. And I think that's... Yeah. Yeah, given that ability to have access to all media... I think there's a reason like they're still producing albums and mm-hmm. whether or not you like the direction they're going in now, like I, I loved revolution radio, you know, I think I got a new album out that it's a little bit, it's a little bit more like produced. It's a little bit dancier and it's not my thing, but I love that they're still out there. They're in the rock and roll hall of fame. How many bands in the rock and roll hall of fame are still producing albums and still experimenting with their sound? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's uh that's staying power that's ingenuity and yeah um, well and it's not it's not giving the excuse of like um i uh that i was of a time that was my generation time has moved on so i'm done now mm -hmm. it's like i'll just make the next thing yeah well and i think some of it comes from the fact that maybe if you look at like what they're what they're singing about from the very beginning like specifically i mean billy joe armstrong is the main lyricist the other's have written plenty of songs or, or or done compositions for them uh mike dirnt and trey cool uh, um, fun fun fact mike dirnt it's a stage name but dirnt comes from he was one of those kids that would just walk around playing the air bass and making a sound like durnt, 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 and that's oh my gosh that's where he gets that's amazing name. i love that like right, like that's not a cool origin story but we know that kid we we all grew up with that kid uh that's really cool yeah but like you know they weren't singing about being losers that didn't get the girl they wanted. They were singing about stuff that isn't fixed by success or money, right? They're singing about mm. about mental illness, about uh, about like deep wounds of like insecurity and 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 like mania and anger, and they're singing about it in this way that I think what gets to the core of why I love them is because, you know, I was never one for sad songs. Like I'm not going to sit when I'm depressed. I'm not going to sit around listening to Elliot Smith or Bright Eyes and cry. I want to listen to Green Day. That's sarcastic and cutting and dark humor. That's how I process my depression. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, that's part of what it doesn't matter how successful they became. Those issues still haunted Frankly, like Billy Joe Armstrong, like he's struggled with substance abuse his whole career and that, you know, to the detriment of the band at some points. But like, because they were singing to sort of issues that were deeper than what success could fix. I think that maybe, maybe it's not a positive thing, but that plays into their longevity. Why it still connects with people like me, people that related to their music as teenagers are still hearing them and they're still being spoken to from them. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I I had forgotten. I am glad you brought Green Day up because uh, I was sitting and listening to the playlist that you made while while (laughs) I was looking through some stuff. And it was just I had forgotten how much I enjoyed listening to Green Day, like Mm -hmm. listening to it when I'm focusing on it, listening to it when it's just on. um, It's just I mean, it's hard for me to imagine that somebody wouldn't hear like. The majority of Green Day songs, and just think, like, oh, this is good, solid stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, to, whether or not you fall in love with it, like to have on, it's just so, it's so good. I had forgotten how good it was. Yeah. I, it, I made, so I made Sydney and Riley a playlist of like three or four songs from every Green Day album that I thought were kind of essential listening. And it was incredibly difficult because there are the songs that I love, and then there are the songs that are the mega hits that you can't not put on a mix. And a lot of times it was just choosing between like, you know, like your, your children. Like, I don't know, like, how do I leave one of these songs (laughs) off? They're, they're all good. Uh, It's a, it's a really good mix. I don't know. Is there a way to make that? Oh man, I'm about to show my age. (laughs) I think you can share a Spotify playlist. Yes, you can. Okay. You could just, if you make it just a public
0: playlist, then you can share a link like online. Yeah, media. I was
1: gonna say you should share it because if there's anybody who isn't really familiar with Green Day and would like to try it out, it's like a good yeah, condensing of the, it's like the Princess Bride. It's the best parts version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it, it encourages you to explore further. Yeah. Well, it's funny because even after I sent that to you all, I was listening to Revolution Radio this morning just, you know, having it on the background and a song came on that I've definitely heard before but I've never listened to it. And it was a song Still Breathing. So 2016, very, like, very new song in the Green Day catalog. And it, it's, it was one of those moments, like, so many songs in my past that I heard, and I was like, oh, this is a song for me. And it's like, having that moment literally this morning with a very new song, comparatively, it's like from the position of someone who's kind of been through, which so much of the, their, their catalog is about just so much ugly stuff to live through, mm-hmm. so many bad feelings. And then there's a song that's kind of like, I'm still here. I'm still around. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, oh, man, you and me, Green Day, we've gone through this together, <laughs> and we're still here. <laughs> we're still making mistakes. We're still not our best selves, but we're still here. And it's powerful that it, this mm-hmm. this far down the road, I mean, I think everybody maybe has bands they go through their life with, you know, people mm-hmm. that just kind of stay on the same track. And I'm I'm happy to have this as one of mine.
0: Yeah. Well, that's I've... how I feel about
1: Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad you have T-Swift. That's how I feel about Grease, too. Oh, okay. okay. Still. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But that I think what you just said is, you know, I don't make music, but I do. I mean, we all do create things that we hope people enjoy, and like as an artist, that's all you hope for is yeah. that when you make something, somebody out there has a moment like that, so yeah, I think that's success, yeah and that that uh-huh. requires earnest desire to connect, and if that translates sometimes to selling out, maybe it's okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> what is selling out Does your generation even care about that anymore? I- I don't I hope no. if (laughs) you say no I can't anybody that's worked like a minimum wage job that has the opportunity to quote unquote sell out I can only assume the people that are concerned with selling out have like trust funds like that's yeah anybody that's gonna be like no I don't want to be successful I want to toil in obscurity like you you've got a a bankroll behind you
0: yes exactly
1: well thank you Taylor I this was this was a really good topic because um it was really fun to revisit Green Day because it, it had been a while. Thank you. So, thank, thank you, you for ma'am. listening. Riley. Yes. What's next?
0: Uh, well, what I've brought next is significantly less uh, meaningful, um, but it is a show that was important to my youth and apparently my future uh, career choices as, a, as an Internet <laughs> <laughs> creator. Um, and that's iCarly. <laughs> 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 it was recently put on Netflix. So everyone's been talking about it. Um I you know Mm -hmm. it was very important to me growing up and uh, apparently I Carly Carly becoming the original professional internet comedian Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) is
1: why I am where I am (laughs) all right I I've never I'm familiar with what it is I've never watched it
0: you don't need to watch all of it it's the kind of show that like you watch a few episodes you get the you get the point all right they're all
1: kind of the same but yeah well I will check it out all right where is it Netflix Netflix Yeah. All all right Well, we will check it out before next week. All right. <laughs> find out Riley's origin story. It's become relevant
0: again. I just want to talk about it.
1: Uh, Sid, start trying to figure out how you can relate it to Trolls 2 and Greece too. Yeah. Do you already have some ideas for that? No, do I don't. That's on you. Workshop that later. Okay. All right. I'll find a way. You should really watch Trolls World Tour. It was very good. I've uh-huh. seen it. I watched it when it debuted. Oh. Well, see, then you know. Then I know. <laughs> 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 it's been a long march guys it's, it's just march 3rd <laughs> march 3 and something is it is it really no, though it's like three hundred and sixty eighth or whatever it's just march now just March, <laughs> more march, <It's> march. march. <laughs> that officially this month is now march yes. um thank you all for listening i hope your march is going better than <laughs> west virginia's yeah. march is going um well hey we're doing the vaccine thing though yeah, but, we got that uh, <laughs> uh thank you to our listeners um you can tweet at us at still buff you can email us at still at dot if you have things you want to email us about things you want to put in an email you should go to maximum there are so many podcasts and you would love them and go and listen to them they're great uh and thank you to the novellas for our theme song baby change your mind this has been your
0: cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And
1: I was... Am... <laughs> <laughs> None of us can get our lines right. March. March. It's Morsh. It's all because of Morsh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's the one of us that has actually stopped stopped buffering.
1: I Taylor's, I, I, Taylor's made it, it. I, No, it's no, permanently. just This is as buffered as I get <laughs> I'm confused <you> see. <laughs> Oh no Maximum Fun is a network By and for cool popular people But did you know It also has an offering designed to appeal To nerds A show for nerds On Maximum Fun? The devil, you say? It's true. It's called The Greatest Generation, and they review episodes of a television program for nerds called Star Trek. They've reviewed TNG, DS9, and are now reviewing Voyager. Hey, Star Trek. My daughter enjoys that program. Well, if she enjoys that, and she enjoys humor of the flatulent variety, might I recommend she subscribe to The Greatest Generation? Hey, are you calling my kid a nerd? Boy, I oughta... Well, gotta go. Become a friend of the DeSoto by subscribing to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org today.
0: MaximumFun.org
1: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
0: Listener supported.